0: Happy Friday, O-M-G. Well, you know, welcome back, you know, to episode number nine. We are one episode away to finishing up season one. And then we're going to take that two week break and come back with season two. Now, I don't know about you. So if you follow me on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at Toy Time Blog. This was I was talking about randomly you know, tweeting because, you know, Twitter to me is just full of randomness. I know people who make their Twitter just flow so seamlessly. But personally, when I got on Twitter, I don't remember how many years ago it was. It was just a place for me just to be random because it was the only place that I could be random because everything else in my life required me to be, you know, organized and, you know, have everything in its rightful place. So if you do go and follow me on Twitter, you'll find that I'm like the most random And I kind of like it that way. I like that space that way. You know, Instagram is different. You know, Instagram, you have the ability to, you know, have everything, you know, chronicalized and look a certain way. And for me, I just like the randomness of Twitter. But as I was on Twitter this week, we were talking or I was talking about how slow this week has really been. I don't know why it just seems slower than most. And it's not that I didn't have anything going on and it's not that I didn't have anything to do and it's not for any of those reasons. It just seemed like an extremely long week and I'm just so grateful that we are here and we are here on a Friday. And, you know, I don't know what else to say to that. Just happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. I know we're not supposed to look forward to just Friday. You know, we're supposed to do better and be better and I want to be better. But when Friday comes, I don't care if I'm, if all the bills are paid, and I don't have money left over. I don't care if this week, you know, as far as whatever I have going on, just went left Friday, just makes everything so much better. So it's Friday. Uh, today I plan to relax a little bit and you know, it's Labor Day weekend. Not that that means anything because I don't have any plans. I'm not sure if you have plans, but I don't have any plans. And it's not because I don't have a life, but I mean, we're still dealing with this pandemic. I'm really not sure where and what I could possibly do. I mean, I live here in Philadelphia, so I'm sure there's some small things I could do as far as, you know, I don't know. I'm sure of it. I haven't researched it. It's probably because I don't really have a large vested investment into like finding something to do for Labor Day weekend. You know, Labor Day weekend is supposed to be like the unofficial close of summer. You know, by the time uh, Tuesday comes around after Labor Day, you know, people are more focused on what their goals are for like the fall and they start to get become a little semi-serious. So that's how I look at it for Labor Day. I don't really look at it as like a true holiday outside of being off, you know, from work or whatever the case may be. But now that we're kind of like, I won't say like, but we are working from home. You know, my kids start school next week. It's almost like a, it's like it doesn't really have the same pool, the same thought process behind it, you know, being a holiday. I mean, can I have my husband grill a couple things on the grill? Possibly. But it's almost just doesn't feel the same summer, you know, the unofficial summer. I mean, I just feel like, you know, for me and my family who were, were just so active, we're literally gone up and about every other week. You know, this was pre-COVID. And now with COVID here, we're not going anywhere. We're not doing much. So yeah, I really just felt like this weekend or this week was long. Um, I'm not sure if you know, but let's, okay, so let's just back up a little bit, because I want to get to the meat and potatoes of today's um podcast or blogcast where we're gonna talk about self improvement, talk about a couple of lessons that I've learned with self-improvement just within obviously myself because it's called self-improvement. But um I wanted to cover a couple of stories. One of the biggest stories that I wanted to cover is about the CARES Act. So the CARES Act apparently is pretty much I don't want to say losing momentum, but um memorandum but um for eviction for the CARES Act you know, apparently is the struggle to extend it, particularly in Texas, where judges are signing off for people to be evicted. Now, I don't know if you've ever, I and mean, we can, maybe we can talk about this, maybe this will lead me into the self-improvement segment, but, you know, having your, you no, know, you can have a lot of things go wrong in your life, right? You really could have a lot of things go left and it doesn't take long to do it. It could happen really super quick, but to not have the security of knowing where you're going to lay your head at. And from the stories that I've been seeing on the internet and things that I've been reading, it's a lot of people who just lost their jobs with the pandemic. It's not that they were out being irresponsible. It's not that they were, you know, doing what they were, you know, doing what they shouldn't have been doing or anything like that. But if you were working and you had stability in your job and then you lose that, I mean, we were under, you know, stay at home orders for almost five, six months. And I say I guess that's just a five felt like more like six, whatever the case may be. So many different businesses, of course, had to close. Not everything can be done from home. My husband and I are grateful that we have the opportunity to work from home and watch our children grow and take care of our responsibilities. But that's not everybody's that's not everybody's life. That's not everybody's lifestyle. That's just not the reality. And so with so many businesses having to close, it just breaks my heart to see families, see elderly, to see women with children not being able to provide or figure out what they're, where they're going to lead their head. I mean, that is a security that's un- above anything else. When I was growing up, um, my mom, And my siblings had to go to a shelter. And I remember vividly, I had to be about, I don't know, 11 or 12. I remember a lot of our items being in, you know, black trash bags. And I won't get into the specifics as to why we were there. But, you know, when you don't have family support, it can make or break. And I, you know, back when we were in a shelter, we went to go to the shelter, you know, as a mom myself now. I can only imagine how my mom must have felt. I can only imagine the hurt and the pain or the embarrassment or the anger of her even making the decision to put us in a shelter, you know, versus, you know, us being homeless or, you know, splitting our family up to go from one house to another. I mean, that has to be a horrible and, you know, decision and You know, I don't judge people when they get into situations because, you know, I watch my mom do the best that she could. Now, my mom had a full-time job then. She didn't have a car, but she had a full-time job. She was working hard. She would take us from, you know, the shelter to the babysitter, from the babysitter. We would go to school, come back to the babysitter's house. She would pick us up. She would walk to work. So there was a lot of walking during that time or taking buses or getting rides, you know, there was no Uber back there. And that was there was no lift. It was your lefty and your righty, aka your walking feet, your walking shoes. You caught the bus or you had family or friends, not even family, really just friends. Because I remember vividly how my mom just moved. I remember how she moved. And I remember, you know, there was a, there was a couple instances where I remember us like having housing that wasn't secure, or, you know, you being or not you be, but you're in these homes that aren't great places to live. You know what I mean? You have these slum lords that'll take your money. And I remember, you know, there was one time, I think the one landlord was just doing the most, wasn't really doing anything. And was just taking my mom's money. My mom was just like, listen, we can't keep just giving this man money. And he's not doing what he needs to do. And just really rude and inconsiderate. But I remember my mom like in the middle of the night telling us that we would have to pack and we would have to get up and leave, you know, and That's hard. And so I I, I, listen, you will never hear me talk down about somebody who is down on their luck because I've been down on my luck so many different times and so many different ways, either from childhood to adulthood. So that is not my that is never my thing. But to think that even in 2020, with all this government assistance, you know, everybody's really hard about people who are on government assistance, but we don't really know everybody's story. Now, let's not get this twisted. There are people who really will abuse the system that don't want to work, that have, you know, seven eleven 11 kids, 17, 11 kids who don't think about their future, don't think about the future of the children they already have. I mean, yes, the gambit is increasing. And, you know, that's across all races. Let's be real clear. It's not a black issue. It's not a white issue. There's a lot of foolishness in every race, especially when it comes to um, government assistance. But when you think about in 2020, how something as simple as a memorandum to say, okay, there's a CARES Act we can't evict. And then, you know, finding other ways to support these families because they need the support. Like if we don't have jobs that are available, how is a hardworking person supposed to go to work to, to, to even sustain housing? So my heart goes out to Texas and other cities and states that are dealing with the same issue. It's really a hard situation. So I just wanted to bring that up because that's going to lead me into self-improvement. September is self-improvement month. It's also self-care month. There's, you know, September has a gambit of things that get celebrated. And I know a lot of people say, well, you know, people just make up holidays and make them up. This is true. There's probably a broccoli day. You know, there's all kind of weird days. that doesn't make sense. But for me, I like to celebrate the, the national days, whether they be silly or serious because I feel like, you know, there's something that every day that we can try to celebrate. I know that sounds really sappy, like, Oh, my God, we should celebrate something every day and be grateful. We really should. But you know, when I was super negative, and I say this very often, I blog about this on the blog, remember, you can catch the blogs at org And I remember the months, the years, the weeks, the days, the hours, the minutes when I legit could sit there and complain about water. I can complain about pretty much anything. Didn't matter what it is. Didn't matter what it was for. I can complain about it. So reshifting and refocusing my life where I find or attempt to find the joys in everything possible is a huge mark for even just myself and you know with self-improvement month you know these are the times where like you focus again I can't stress enough how people shift their focus like you know summertime they get really laid back and they're like listen I'm gonna enjoy my summer I'm gonna enjoy the sun I'm gonna enjoy you know whatever I can And although that was kind of difficult to do because of COVID, you know, people still took trips, you know, I saw a lot of my friends and family, they were still doing their thing and I don't judge, it's just, I do what's best for me and my family. So we kind of lay low, but you know, people are trying to be, I guess, find normalcy in their lives. So when the fall comes, when the weather changes, you know, you really don't, you know, having the ability to kind of go out and do outdoor activities um, decreases and that can cause two things it can cause some people to focus on new hobbies new talents new things that they want to achieve or it could cause people to become extremely depressive because you go straight from fall into the holiday time and again this is the reason why i'm taking a two-week break to make sure that i'm okay and i'm good and then come back so that i can you know, we can get through this moment, this period, because some people deal with what's called seasonal depression. And that's like I said, when it's when the sun starts to become less and less, you get a decrease in sunlight, you know, it literally will affect your mind, your, your mindset and your mood. And when you think about self improvement month, there's a there's all kinds of areas of your life that you can improve on so many areas some of them are easier to take care of than than others but there's ways a thousand one ways you can improve so i just wanted to go over just like a couple of areas and things that i have myself personally have dealt with when it comes to self-improvement and one of those things is the biggest realization that you have to be able to want and desire to help yourself and not just in the desire or want to help yourself but then you have to then do the work to to actually help yourself like I know let me just give an example so and I use my my husband now as the perfect example and I believe I talked about this in one podcast before but when I met him in college I was going through all kinds of just you know when you're in college you're trying to figure out yourself so you go through this ups and downs of just you know making mistakes correcting mistakes finding out who you are accepting the fact that you are who you are so many different gamuts so we had already had a friendship we already had an established relationship even when we broke up you know we still had established friendship we eventually came back together Um, we've now grown our family we've been married for now eight years the list goes on but I remember of course this was either before this probably was even before my like postpartum depression but even before then I was always the type of person again I can't stress enough the one that complained about water dripping the one that would complain about air that you obviously need you know just that negative Nancy you know no one everybody was like you know they thought I was like the life of the party except for when it wasn't time to party. It wasn't time to do all those fun things. It was like, okay, here comes Latoy. Toy, you know, she's being crazy and negative about everything. She wants to find a complaint about, you know, every little thing. And I had to come to the realization again through years of therapy, um, journaling. I probably, that's not probably, I've kept just about every journal that I've had since junior high. And sometimes when I go back and read it, I, I see the growth. I see the growth that I've experienced. But when, like I said, when you're a Debbie Downer, and you're always negative, you bring down the people around you. And not everybody can deal with that type of like, spirit and everybody can't deal with that type of attitude and demeanor. So it's interesting for me to have seen like how, like how much I've grown in the different things that I've, you know, that I used to just deal with. And you know, taking ownership, taking personal responsibility is like the only way that you're ever going to to grow. So instead of me blaming my, at the time, my fiance, my boyfriend, my husband, you know, I finally started saying like, okay, what if, like, what if this is like a small possibility that the complaints that everybody is bringing up against me could possibly be correct? Like take feelings out of it, take the sting and the embarrassment out of it, take the, I don't want to be wrong, but you know, I know they're right out of it. Like they actually could be genuinely correct. So at those moments, those are one of the areas that you have to improve in. Like you have to have this desire to want to be better. You have to actually then want to take that desire and do something with it and then become just that much better. So. I always start with self-improvement by going and figuring out where is it that I need to improve on because sometimes we know that we're wrong we just don't want to admit it and listen even if you never let that person know that they know you know that they're wrong that you're you're wrong you know it's okay if you never speak up on it but it's even better if you just start to live in it it really does it will help you Another area that I used to have this big self-improvement, and again, I speak of self because, you know, who else going to talk about me but me. Once you accept that you know that you're wrong in some of the areas that you're wrong in, when you start, when you realize the concept that everybody ain't telling the same lie, like I grew up with my mom telling me that all the time, and I never understood it until I got older, but everybody ain't telling the same lie. Like when you start hearing different variations, that's how, you know, rumors are being spread. But when you hear the same lie over and over again, because that's where the truth is. And so that's where I started to work for myself, you know, from the inside out. Because you can do a lot with it on the outside. If you have enough money, you can change yourself. I mean, look at all the people who've gotten plastic surgery for whatever body part they choose to fix. You got the right coin, you can do anything. But you can't always take coin and change the inside of you. If you're, if your spirit is raggedy and you don't care about other people and you're selfish, and you're mean and you're mean spirited, you can have all the money in the world. That's not gonna, you're not gonna be able to go to a doctor and fix it. Now you can have somebody take your money and then you basically come with nothing. But you're not gonna have somebody fix you from the inside out. So take personal responsibility. Another area that I dealt with once I took personal responsibility, stop pointing a finger out and pointed the finger and it hurt like I was actually embarrassed like you know what all this time I could have done better I could have made better decisions but I didn't because I didn't want to take that L it's very hurtful to figure out that you are the problem it hurts it stings it's embarrassing and then a lot of times if you're not careful you'll get so stuck because you're like well darn I let myself get this way, but I'm just going to tell you, if you're listening to this right now, and you're feeling really overwhelmed because you're always finding yourself saying sorry for the things that you're doing. I just want to challenge you to not to stop saying sorry. Instead of saying sorry, show you're sorry, work on getting to that point. And instead of saying sorry, find other ways to like just admit the guilt and then find ways to actually push past that and get through it. because I always got tired of being sorry. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry I said it that way. But reality is, if we keep it all the way at 100, we already know that a lot of times that we say the things that we say, and the things that we do have a lot to do with the fact that we that's just something that's in us that has to come out. It really is. So I feel like, you know, I feel in the back of my brain, like I've lost time because of the years and the turmoil and the and the mindsets that I had that was like keeping me from like really achieving my greatest and my highest level of greatness. Like you'll never be who you really are meant to be here on this earth when you don't take stock of your personal life. Like when I thought about the relationships, like, you know, as much as my husband and I have known each other for over 20 years, we met in 1999. We dated for a solid three or four, no, three years and then after that, we broke up for quite some time and got back together. Um, our love story sounds beautiful, but we forget the the points in between of I had other relationships, one relationship before him and other relationships after him. Now, you want to, some of them were situationships. You can choose to call what you want to call them. But I can't blame that the people that I've dated didn't have a connection right? There was something about the what I was attracting that made the situation be what they were going to be. Now that does not mean that somebody else in the relationship couldn't have done something that they weren't supposed to do. What I'm saying is that I had to take responsibility for attracting what I was receiving and oftentimes I was attracting what I was receiving because I was the person that I was attracting you know how we try to say oh that's just so-and-so they just like that no you are so-and-so that's like that that's why your spirit can align with someone else excuse me like let's say for instance okay when I was in my I don't know early 20s I was like oh I'm in this bad boy phase I want this guy that does whatever but there was a part of me that was having bad girl bad woman moments right so it made sense that I would attract somebody that was on the same wavelength even if I appear to be like holier than thou than them even if I appear to be more heavenly better than someone I just you know we have this little pomp and circumstance that we do within ourselves because we want to talk down about a boyfriend or an ex but the reality of it is it's like hey you chose that life like you chose to be with this person you chose to make that decision so if you're a type of person that's like oh my gosh I am not understanding why I keep attracting the same person instead of saying what is it about them because you know I used to sit around making this list like I'm a list person so I would make a list and I'll be like you know my ex did a b and c and this, this this and that," which probably were a thousand percent true either by how I perceived the situation to be and it felt real to me or it was actually real about what it is that I was experiencing. But the reality of it is, was that the way that I was going about it, whomever I was attracting back to me was a reflection of the things that were already on in the inside so I've had my different gamuts of relationships I've had the moments when I was in my 20s where I felt extremely responsible and so the guy that I dated represented that and then I had a situationship which is basically a non-relationship that we call ourselves that is usually one-sided meaning I feel like this is my boyfriend my girlfriend but reality of it is is that no they're not you just didn't have that conversation. You're just basically enamored with that person. You you know, that person may treat you well. You're having a really great time. You may even be having sex. A lot of times you are a lot of times because sexual um, alertness will make you feel like the person that you're with is like the best pizza you've ever had in your life. You just can't get enough of it, but it doesn't mean that they're right for you. And so, yeah, I had to take stock in my relationships And ask myself, like, you know, and you're going to keep going down this road. Are you going to keep going down this road? Because the reality is you can go down the same road a million one times and still be wrong a million one times. So I took stock of my relationships about who I was attracting because I realized that I was attracting things that were in the inside of myself that I wanted to attribute to someone else. But reality were my own demons that I had to deal with. And when it comes to your physical body, I find that sometimes a lot of our spirit is correlated to our, our physical. When I was at my worst and my lowest state, my, my weight, and when I say weight, let me be very clear, because this concept of being small, we don't need to necessarily have but the concept of being healthy is what I like to focus on so you can have a skinny person who is super super skinny they look really great in pictures they can wear anything that they choose to wear but reality is that they're not healthy they don't have you know they have high blood pressure They have all kinds of stuff like you really can be unhealthy and small just like you can be a heavier set person And be healthier than maybe the person that's super skinny and size four, size two, whatever the case may be. So when I say the weight of what I was carrying, I'm talking about spiritually, I'm talking about emotionally, I'm talking about mentally. But a lot of that showed up on my outside because I stopped caring a long time ago about the things that I should have been caring about. We put blockages on ourselves and be like, oh, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You really do. Because when someone says that they don't care and you keep hearing them talk about how much they don't care about something, it's because they normally nine times out of 10 care. So I cared, but not enough to change, right? I cared enough to complain about it. I cared enough to see it, ignore it, and then blame somebody else. Because it's always easier to blame somebody else. Oh, it was so and so's problem. It's harder to say that it's us because once we make that declaration, whether we say it out loud or not, and we realize that, hey, you know, hmm, you know, this ain't adding up, right? Then you just have to deal with that. And we don't want to ever have to come to terms with our inner demons, as they like to call it. So you have to figure that out. Because there's no way you can do any type of self-improvement without figuring that out. When I thought about the jobs and the particularly bosses that I've actually were attracting. Now, in so let me just say, if you're like an office manager, an assistant, uh, you want to call them receptionist, whatever title you want to call it, because, you know, they can go up and down. I've been executive assistant, which means, you know, I was the the assistant to the, the owner, the assistant to someone in higher ups, whatever the case may be. A lot of times in that particular field, and I'm only going to talk about that particular field because that's a field that I know very well and have done for years, is that you become the doormat to everyone because they expect you to basically fix even the things that they don't take for responsibility that they've done so if you are a person that's like oh I want to be an assistant and when I mean assistant I don't mean the person that gets the coffee I'm just talking about genuinely the person that is the lifeline and the heartbeat of a company like without you they can't do the things that they do it's a beautiful feeling to feel that want and desire right but the reality is the flip of that is oftentimes you get the same type of boss so you get the boss with the same type of personality at every job literally and it can be great because at least you know what to expect or it can be super annoying and i've had times when it's been super annoying and it's super annoying because you sometimes you like you you love the the thought and the joy of hearing somebody come and you're fixing something and so you feel valued you feel honored you have this rush that goes through you it's an amazing feeling but then the other flip of that is that you get people who never say that they're wrong you have to always fix the problem before it can even basically start you get blamed about 99.9 and then the point another point nine and then add another point nines to it because everything that happened you should have caught even when you have even no access to whatever the situation is you should have you were you're going to get blamed so that responsibility of always having to, to have people depend on you and you having to always be the most utmost of on everything but yet the people who were like the owners the people that are heads up gets to basically hide behind you yet because they put you it's like almost being on the front line for war you are going to be the first person they attack every single time even if you didn't have access to what may have caused the problem and so I used to find myself in the same situation because I was in the same type of field and I was doing the same type of job I was always attracted to the same level of 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 bosses and you know at some point it just becomes a little a little tiring it really does so how you attract whatever it is that you have in your life you have to take responsibility so I hope that with the wheels are beginning to turn, like, you know, what are the things that I can change? What are the things that I really don't like? Like I, you know, not every, not every, not all the time, but there's some times where I'll just like, you know, you get out of your shower and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're naked and you put on your lotion, you put on your oil. I mean, you're literally in your birthday suit. You just looking at yourself at all your dimples, all your curves, every scratch, every scar, all of those things are showing and you're in the mirror you're completely vulnerable and it's like when you're looking at self improvement that is what you're doing you have nothing no pretenses on you you can't look past it you can't do anything past it so now you're looking at the situation you're looking at yourself and asking yourself what do i want to change is it a new job hey the market is not as good as it used to be it's you know was already on decline and now you know whatever job you have now hold on to because it's going to be not impossible but it takes finagling and some work but i used to look at myself in the mirror and ask myself my god what are you doing that you don't want to feel happy what are you doing about your life what do you need to change so that you can actually have true joy because joy will come when happiness is nowhere to be found you're not happy about the situation, but you have joy. It's like a rest knowing that even as bleak as it looks, I know things are going to work out. You can't do any of that when you look at yourself and you don't like the things that you see beyond physical. When you look at yourself in its most natural and most natural form, what do you see past the windows of your eyes? Do you see sadness? Do you feel that? Do you feel that frustration when you basically feel like every door is being shut and you're like, how's other people prospering over me? That's something to work out on the inside. Why aren't you feeling blessed? What is stopping you? Because if your happiness or your joyfulness comes from other outside influences of other people either making you feel good other people being like your entertainment where they tell you whatever it is that you want to hear whatever the case may be you're going to suffer a long time because you are going to have to stop being so de- codependent upon other people and even being non-codependent is a trigger it is something that you have to be aware of it's a part of self-improvement it's something that you have to take stock in i was reading it um you know me and the internets. <laughs> me and social media so I was on Facebook and somebody said I don't understand why somebody would get mad because your husband is your everything you know you should be wanting to dress for him you should want to take care of yourself for him everything was boring back to him for him for him you know women we always correlate and I won't say always but we do a lot of correlation of our success based upon our relationship of who we're with men don't always look at it like that they're going to have their solid team And then everybody else is not fully on where everybody's like, oh, well, you know, I got to focus on this or that. But you know what? What is it that I'm willing to do the work to change? I think that's another follow up to self-improvement. You know how you pieces, you know, people would say, I wish I could walk a mile in their shoes. I wish I had what someone else has You know, the reality of it is, is that we never know people's real and true story. And in addition to not knowing someone's story, you then don't know what it took to take what they took and take it repetitively to exceed, to receive the changes that they have. For instance, in my marriage, my marriage, I feel is blessed. My marriage, I feel is solid. My marriage, I feel we have gotten to the place where we're communicating and getting that together. But other people are seeing my marriage because they see like Instagram or Facebook or some type of social media and you see snippets of pictures and people go gaga over there like you guys are so much of your marriage goals and meanwhile home at the ranch we're like "Mm, listen we're taking one day at a time we're trying to figure it out like the next person we're trying to make sure we don't have a bunch of drama around our family and our kids we're trying to make sure we love on each other for real because that's what we choose to do so you never know what it took for someone to appear to be a certain thing we just want to get to the end result I just want to be happy but what is what does happiness mean to you Oh, I don't know I just want to be happy I just want to be a millionaire okay well what about what is it going to take if you have to eat ramen noodles for a long time because maybe a product that you had kept failing And so then you're putting all this money behind it and you're having a struggle and you're having to work two and three jobs to make ends meet. Are you willing to do the same thing that that other person did to get what they had to get? Because that's the real question. We only go by what we see. We never understand all the way fully. Not all of us, but some of us don't get the understanding that there are people who have done the work to be anywhere where they're at for instance as an influencer as a blogger there are other bloggers and other influencers that have already come before me and have paid the way but I still don't know the steps that they took as far as the things that they had to deal with they can tell me I can take a lesson from them I can buy one of their ebooks and I can try to apply it but the sauce don't always transfer you have to be the work like it depends on you you are like the anchor It depends on you and what you put in and what you to get out. And so, yeah, there are so many areas in our life. But you know what? One of the things that we don't talk about as much, I know we're doing that more now, you know, after the fact we always want to bring up, but our mental health matters. So if you are not taking care of yourself and how your thought process may or may not be cutting off the way they should, or you find yourself always finding a response that may be inappropriate, or you might find that, I don't know, is another example, you are always just constantly self-sabotaging like these are the things that you have to think about when you talk about your mental health and how can you become better at it do you need to openly talk with your doctor does your doctor know that you're dealing with depression and anxiety have you talked to a licensed therapist have you talked to even just a friend that you can respect that can give you some type of advice like these are the ways that you self-improve, like by asking questions. Sometimes that's the biggest thing for us because we're so super prideful. I remember when my mom, like I said, when we were in the shelter with her and I remember um, I'm thinking about one particular family member that tried to help. And at first, my mom, I remember very vividly, my mom was like, absolutely not. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. We're not doing any of that. But it was like eventually at some point my mom began to humble herself like, listen, let me not look from this lens. Let me look from your lens, but I'm also going to protect my children. It's something about being a mom. It's something about being a woman. It's something about being a husband. It's something about being a father. Like Every role that you're in comes with some level of integrity, some level of of caring for yourself, some level of uh, extending yourself towards where you can become better. If I'm making mistakes every single time and it's the same mistakes, that means I'm not getting the lesson. This is the reason why we repeat situations in different people. Like if you have an ex-friend and what I mean, ex-friend it could be somebody of the same sex, just literally an ex-friend that you find that you're just like, you know, I'm just always bumping heads. I'm always finding it. You need to check that out. Legit need to check that out. I think sometimes we just forget the voices that we we hear voices some of us are hearing voices and again i can't stress enough that if that is the case you need to go see somebody about that you got to make sure them voices is telling you the right thing for they be having you in the police squad somewhere going about your way but yeah it it's a matter of wanting the desire to do better and then doing the actual work to get there if you need if therapy is what you need to get you to the great next level of greatness then you're gonna have to take it and what if you go through it and your therapist is like hey you're on to something but I want you to continue like you got to find a way to get better because life is about becoming better or being our best versions of ourselves and you can't do that when you have a closed fist but you want open blessings you ever see that you ever see a two year old want gummy bears you have them you tell them to open a hand and just look at you but they want these gummy bears that bad. That's what we end up looking like every single day when we say we want to do better but we're not doing the actual work to get there. If you're not putting some type of self-discipline in you're trying to lose weight and you're not up trying to get get your life get your exercise and keep it moving then you really are just lying to yourself. And that's the thing that we have to do. We have really have to stop lying to ourselves because we can be some most convincing people. We can tell. Listen, I remember the story about this young man who decided to tell everybody that he was a doctor, literally lied his way to the top. And people were actually letting him practice, thinking that he was a doctor. There was no credentials for him. I'm not even sure how the situation got even twisted up in the game, but it did. But people believed it. When you continuously don't check yourself and I mean, you know, you could check a lot of people like I am the master checker. Let me just tell you what that means. I will read you for filth in my personal life like none other. I can definitely see when stuff is not together. I can call a spade a spade. There's just so many different gamuts and ways that this can go down, you know, and whatever this is. But when you check yourself like that, I swear to you, you'll grow in places you probably didn't even think you were capable of growing. Because I remember, like I said, being in many days when I was like, I made this list and this is the areas that I'm going to improve and I'm going to do better on. But I didn't really apply it because, of course, obviously, it's still there. It's still happening. So you got to find a way to uh, to apply what it is that you want to become better in if you want to be a baker and a well-known baker or maybe just a baker that's just really doing well and having a business how are you supposed to be a good baker if you haven't tested your recipe and or if you need to make changes you're not going to make changes because you're mad no you really want to become a baker you want to become you know the carlos bakery of all cakes Then you you got to put that type of that type of energy into the world in order to reap the benefits you got to continue practicing making different variations of cakes, you have to just figure this all out. And I think a lot of times we're just afraid to fail. Because what if you go to to supposedly do whatever it is you have to do. And you have this feeling of, hey, I messed up, I didn't do what I needed to do. This is a sham. You might get to that point where you feel like that. Who knows what your journey will lead you. You might be in a situation where you're your significant other was like mm, this don't make no sense you know what I mean like you legit can be in different situations for whatever the case may be and if you like I said if you don't get the lesson you're gonna keep repeating it so on a different note along with self-improvement we really have to just like I said we have to own what we're doing Either what we're consistently doing or what we've done. We have to get to the point where we care about the changes that we want to make. And then we actively do it. Like when I was in my in the beginning stages of my weight loss journey. I would do all kinds of workout, And then after a while I was like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't got time. I'll go hit it back tomorrow. I'll get it tomorrow. Then you look up a month has passed. Week has passed. A year has passed. But during that time, I didn't put any energy. So I didn't shouldn't have been expecting anything differently. But you know how we are. We think we're going to receive no matter what. And a lot of times we shouldn't and we probably don't. So, yeah, self-improvement. It takes a lot of work to do any form of self-improvement. It takes a desire of wanting to do better to make it work. It takes having, and you know what's crazy about all of that when you do the self-improvement is that you might find yourself doing this alone. You know, we always want to have a crowd with us. We need a crowd to go with us. We can't go to the certain things by ourselves because it's taboo. We can't do for ourselves because I don't know if I start to do it once, everybody's going to expect it from me. We got to change that mindset to make it to even get better results. I wanted to take a couple of minutes to talk about chat Chadwick um Chadwick Bozeman. I mean, you have to be like pretty much don't have access to any form of internet to not know that unfortunately he passed away losing his battle to cancer. And to hear that he was still filming still being dedicated to his craft still making sure that he reached out to others still being selfless up until his last moments, is extremely honorable and i know people are like okay we you know it's been a week today you know let's move on but it's kind of hard to like shake that because we got people who don't have nothing wrong with them who can't act right and can't go to work and be excellent right I mean, just think about the things that he was doing. If this man went to work and by work is acting, yes, that's work because you got to memorize lines and then he's in the gym bulking up or bulking down or whatever the case may be for whatever role. This is work, right? Full time, full time on work, showing up early, doing 12 to 14 hour um, rehearsals or or filming and then still finding a way, Right. Still finding a way to be honorable, still finding a way to just be present and to do your job and do it it as well as you possibly can. We got folks that don't have nothing wrong with them. They don't even have the common cold, ain't sneezed in a month of Sundays, don't have nothing going on with them, and can't go to work and be excellent. You have people in your family, you treat them really, 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 really bad, and you can't be excellent. Chatwick showed us that, yes, you can be consistent, you can be disciplined, and you can be excellent. And I think if we apply those three principles, being excellent, being consistent, and just diligent in the things that we do, we will find that we're going to just stamp out all the craziness that we experience or see or do. Because, you know, you got to be consistent. Like, how do y'all, how do we, and I don't say y'all as if I'm exempt, because let me tell you something, as much as I have so much quote unquote growth, I still have that much more growth to go, if not a little bit more. Because my responses are not always okay. Like, I still find myself being petty when I probably shouldn't be. So I got to get my life together for that. I still read people and I got to like tone it back. I still want things my certain way, even though I'm in a community situation where I live with my husband and then you're dealing with another person and you're married, you got to give and take and be the best for them according to what they need. Not just what you feel you should have, right? Being excellent, being diligent, being consistent, being about our business, like a serious business. We got to take care of it. Chatwick Bozeman did all those things. And as much as his roles as being iconic have been and will continue to be, at the end of the day, he did not let anything stop him from doing the things he needed to do. So we have to develop that same mentality. We have to be consistent in everything that we do. We have to be as to the best of our ability that we can be every single moment and knowing that we're going to fail, like don't feel like you have to be perfect because even that is is can be triggering even that can be a mental health issue where you're like somebody saw that my paper was not correct. somebody saw I made a mistake you know sometimes we have to take it back and step it back so we got a lot of work to do in this month and not of course not in just this month right you don't just You know, do all this greatness and then go back to whatever lifestyle you had prior to. But I just want us to focus a little bit harder on that. Focus on the stuff that we have on our insides that we want to make better so that it can show up on our outside. Self Improvement Month is here. Self Improvement Month in September is where you can focus. Uh, My suggestions I always say to get a notebook, a journal, and write down the areas in your life that you want to make change. And I say actively write down how you're going to make change. Meaning if you're trying to lose weight, don't just say, I want to lose 50 pounds. What are you going to do to achieve the the loss of 50 pounds? Are you going to get up in the morning when everyone else in your house or you are sleeping? And even if you want to sleep, are you going to get up and work out? Are you going to start um, controlling your portion sizes actively? Are you going to have a no, you know, eat after a certain time? Are you going to have a no sugar or no carb or whatever rule you're going to have? These are the things that you have to do to be active, you have to be active participant in your own life. And I find that if you try to do one thing out of every area that you can every day, you're going to get that much closer. Every day, you can find one thing that you can change out of different areas of your life to become that much better, but you have to be active at it. You have to also become active, you have to be aware. So that means you can't Let your guard down because now you're in your feelings. When we were in COVID, I know we had a couple of adjustments that we had to make. And should we shut down again? And I'm praying that we do not. So let's not get into my, you know, find my email, start emailing me, come onto the blog and then send me messages. What I'm telling you is that the pandemic was something that we can change. So a lot of us went backwards on a lot of our goals because it was hard to focus when you're watching the news and you're seeing that people are dying and people are still dying. It's not like they stopped. This is still an ongoing, very much pandemic, very much out of control disease and stuff that we're dealing with. But we have to move past that and try to figure out how we can get to become our better and our best versions of ourselves. When I think about how Chatwick, you know, had all this life to live, he had all these dreams and things that he was doing, and he still was re- even filming. Like, how do you do that with stage four cancer? I don't want to go to work if I have a cramp and he's going to work and this man, his body is trying to, you know, take him out. And unfortunately he lost that battle. You know, I just think about that all the time, all the stuff that I used to complain about, about how mundane that they really truly was. When you see people like him, who's like an ultimate hero, an ultimate hero and everything that he does, I should say does. So pick several areas of that you're that you're going to work on for the month that you want to choose. So continue to do the work that you need to do to become that much better. Find that way of doing that. So a little update. Last week we talked about we had a conversation about uh, Pastor John Gray. Um, I just want to make it very perfectly clear that I am not obsessed with this man's story in any way. I'm truly not. I'm just I'm just more. I guess for a couple of reasons one I'm a wife and then two I grew up in the church my whole life and if you've been around you know churches don't matter what color you are right every church got some mess with them if you think about it everybody got some mess whether it be the pastor or whether it be the people who go there whether it be their thoughts and policies their their belief systems Whatever the case may be. Now, that is not the green light to say you right now. I ain't going to go to church. Pause. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that no matter where you go, there's always going to be some crazy stuff going on. But for me, being a preacher's kid in church my entire life, I've always seen, especially in the black church, such an abuse of power. So much sexual sins that happen with the pastors and they do things and they intermingle with people in their and their flock. Or in John Gray's situation, he was outsourcing to basically get the things that he didn't think his wife or his wife wasn't giving and he wanted to find them else elsewhere. That's basically called cheating. We can make it sound really good, but at the end of the day, cheating, whether that be an emotional cheating, which is always worse than the physical or just a plain physical. Me, I'm here and I'm not here for either one. So the update is that We talked about how it was alleged that he had been having this inappropriateness with this woman, you know, telling the woman that that the wife doesn't cook, having the son on the phone saying all of that. And then now this week, days later, hasn't even been a full week. He's, you know, apologizing for the things that he said again, because he's already been through this before. And it's amazing to me how he still has a church. No one has sat him down back in my, my day. Now I'm sounding old. Uh, When I was growing up, I remember pastors would sit, whole ministers sit down because if they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. So I just find it interesting. But he did apologize and, of course, is going to do the whole I'm going to do better. I'm going to have checks and balances in places. I'm going to have people who look and you know catch me when I'm falling or try to you know get myself together or redeem me or whatever the word choice you try to use the update is that he is now apologized and the only way for you to apologize is to accept that you were wrong now how sorry or not sorry he is is nothing that I can do to judge that what I can say is that I pray that he gets it together because if you want to be married you, you do the things you're supposed to be doing especially things that pertain to married men but if you don't want to be married and I know that you feel like you're going to hurt your partner by saying that it's better for the losses to be cut way sooner in the game than to wait forever and a day for them to be solidified so I just hope that his wife Aventura really just decides what she does that she wants to do and not even base that upon what you know because I believe she should just pack her stuff and go Now, I base that because this is not the first time and the embarrassment just be too strong, that type of thing. Like if you embarrass somebody and you cheat on them privately, you give them a private way of discussing or deciding on whether or not they're going to leave. No different than, you know, the alleged um, affair between Latoya Luckett's husband and whomever he was with, and, you know, it's once you have these private situations that are happening, it's private. But once it becomes public and public knowledge and people are now having opinions and now you're discussing it, that up and down yo-yo of situations is not a good look. Because for one, you may decide to keep checking to see if your per, if your husband, your significant other is cheating on you every other hour. And then if they go somewhere then you're stalking them, wherever they're going to be like, these are just completely unhealthy attributes that you don't need to delve into. I honestly hope that John Gray gets his life together. I hope that he decides and comes to terms with what marriage may look for him. And it may not look like marriage may not be for him. Right. But even despite even even in spite of that, I mean, he really has to make a decision what it is that he's going to do, because even if he was just a regular pastor, he can't rule the house of God like he does his home. There always has to be some form of a standard. So I hope that that standard is being brought back into the home and he goes back to the old school way though, that old landmark of literally getting himself together because he really, that is truly and honestly where a lot of this has has to be focused on. Weekend time is here. So this is like an extended weekend because with Labor Day being on Monday, a lot of times, you know, when you're going into a holiday weekend everybody's just like especially if you were in the office we know i have been in the office in quite some time but when you're in the office it's like the first thing you think about oh man i'm about to go outside I'm about to be killing them with these shoes i'm about to be doing this and doing that um so that's what the weekend represents personally the store household, we are going to be getting ready for school we're going to be doing our focus boards and getting all that stuff situated so that's what we'll be doing i don't foresee us having too many plans outside of that, just pretty much getting ourselves ready so that when um, the school year starts, we are ready to go without any um, hiccups as much as possible because we all know how technology goes. But I have my wings swine. You know, this is not a, a complete, you know, drug up for them. But yeah, it's a lot. So the weekend it's about rest- restoring, relaxing, resetting, All of those things, because I know it's got to be hard. Like when you're in a family like ours, you know, there's a lot of dynamics, a lot of moving pieces of trying to get everything together. But that's what we'll be doing. We're doing our very best trying to get everything, you know, situated. It's such a hard time, but I will say this. It is not my job. And I've said this disclaimer a thousand and one times because I don't want anybody coming to me, you know, talking about what I should, you know, none of that. But the elections are here, are going to be here on November, I believe, November the 3rd. As difficult as that may sound, like it may not be so super far, but it's not. Just please do your best to come out and and vote for the candidate that matches the energy by which you would like the country to be ran. Because it's all about choice. You know, when I was 18, I couldn't wait to vote. But you know it's like okay you get the excitement of some who just can't wait to do this big girl or big boy thing you know and i say big boy because i'm still talking in the sense of my kids but voting is important it's truly important so i hope that this weekend that you are finding yourselves because you know we talked a lot we talked about a lot today we talked about a lot of the areas of self-improvement and especially when it became from relationships with other people or accept a responsibility for yourself and the tips that you can do, such as writing down the things that you want to improve, improve, and then step to getting it done and complete, and then start working towards it actively. Always got to be active. Um, Labor Day weekend is upon us. I'm going to be trying to get some naps in here and there. And the biggest one of the biggest things is just trying to find a way to veg out. I don't want to have to do anything that I don't want to do. I know that's a part, form of self-care. Getting to the point where you can tell people no because you don't want to do something. If that's not, that's definitely a part of self-care. Um, this weekend, like I said, outside of preparing for school and then just kind of seeing how the weekend goes, my, my personal goal is to find a way to literally just put my feet up and relax. So I hope that you... Regardless of what you choose to do, whether you be at home, if you're visiting, make sure you keep your mask, make sure you wash your hands, make sure you use your hand sanitizer, make sure that as much as you put on a mask for other people, make sure that you understand that that mask for yourself needs to be uncovered when necessary and covered up when you necessarily do. It works both ways. So enjoy your long extended weekend. We will be back on Friday with the final, final um, podcast for season one. We're gonna be taking that two week breaks break and then coming back with fresh, fresh podcast ready to go. It's Friday. You've made it, you made it, you made it. Grab yourself something that you love, whether it be a drink of but beverage of choice, whether it be a child, just find a way to relax this weekend. I can't tell you how much it means to put back into your life and build back into yourself. So have a a happy and safe Labor Day. I will see you on Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Be responsible. All that good adulting stuff that we have to do. And I'll see you next week.